Welcome everyone to another episode. Are you feeling all right, Scott? You sound kind of different. I am not Scott. I am his robot duplicate. Odd, I couldn't even tell. This is the, the phantasmagorical think tank. Welcome back to our second standalone re-release. What do we have on the singular item menu today, Scott? Oh yes, it's like a, a pre-planned single course meal. Basically, we're going to talk about the Turing test and that's it. You see this way if you have a short attention span or perhaps you're just in a hurry or just overall prefer shorter episodes, then you can listen to this. But uh, I guess every moment I'm talking about this, I'm making the episode longer, so on we go. Matt, what is the Turing test? Basically, the test was developed around World War II as a hypothetical test at the time, since they didn't have computers. Basically, to establish a test of artificial intelligence based on mechanical components. How does one conduct the Turing test? Basically, since it is testing a mechanical device, one takes it by asking the mechanical device or what could technically be a person, several questions, and trying to discern whether or not it is actually a person responding to their questions or inputs, or if it's just a machine that is well enough programmed to imitate a person. What happens if the human can't tell if it's a computer or a human? Basically, that's the, that's the, that's the goal of um, the machine. The machine itself is supposed to, in a sense, be artificially intelligent. And if you can't tell, it passes the Turing test as being considered artificially intelligent. Fascinating. So you, the listener, may wonder, who is this Turing guy? So the Turing test is named after Alan Turing, uh, whom you might know from the movie The Imitation Game, starring Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, he developed some of the world's first digital computers, and he wanted to know, of course, uh, can machines think? Can a computer algorithm that's programmed to talk uh, be as realistic as a human? And voila, you've got what Matt just uh, explained to us. So tell me, Matt, there's been a considerable stretch of time between Alan Turing uh, first proposing the test and nowadays. Uh, have there any, been any algorithms or programs which have passed the Turing test uh, in that time? As it stands, some have passed a number of, let's call them rounds where certain people certain circumstances they they pass people can't discern whether it's a computer or a person but no program has necessarily passed on a consistent basis to the point where it could be considered according to alan turing as artificially intelligent and specifically we're talking about a program called eliza which was developed in the 1960s and keep in mind this isn't the 1980s when People were playing Pac-Man and Adventure, not the 70s when computers took up multiple rooms just to do calculus. We're talking about the 60s where the computer would take on the role of a psychotherapist and you can type in things to Eliza and say things like, I'm feeling anxiety. And uh, Eliza will reply with classic, almost Freudian uh, lines like, well, do you think it is normal to have anxiety? Or we'll say things like, and how does that make you feel? And the beauty is that what she says is extraordinarily vague, 
but it feels as if she's responding to what you said. And how about today? We're around 60 years out almost from Eliza. What do we have today that's sort of considered on the forefront of passing the Turing test? Well, you see, there's a thing called the Loebner Prize, spelled L-O-E-B-N-E-R Prize, that is given to the best artificial intelligence of that year. And the, I believe, 2018 winner, and which I think has three or four other Loebner Prizes, is called Mitsuku, um, which functions just the same as Eliza, except it's a heck of a lot more sophisticated and can talk about uh, hypothetically any uh, topic, not just as if you're in a therapy session. Matt, I have an idea. What is that? What if we did the Turing test right here, right now? How would we do that, Scott? So we'll have two rounds. In both rounds, you'll ask me questions, and I will type uh, your questions into Mitsuku. And in one round, I will say aloud what she responds and in another round, I will say my personal answers, but I won't tell you which one's which. Uh, maybe each round will last five or so minutes, and then afterwards, if you can't tell the difference, uh, she's passed. And if it's uh, immediately obvious which one is me and which one's Mitsuku, then she has not passed. What do you say? How about before we do that, we try with Eliza and see what it was like back in the 60s taking the Turing test? Sure, let's do that. So he'll communicate with me, and I will respond what Eliza says. You will know that what I'm saying is Eliza, but as you, the listeners, listen, imagine being in the 1960s, maybe when you didn't even know computers can do that, and you didn't even know that the fact that this could be a computer was on the table. Matt, you want to start us off? Yeah. Um, let's start with the basic, how are you? Why are you interested in whether or not I am? <laughs> um... Yeah, that's what I get a lot when I ask people, how are you? Would you prefer if I were not? If you were not? We were discussing you, not me. <laughs> we were not discussing me. Come, come, elucidate your thoughts. What is elucidate? Does that question interest you? I think you guys get the point. Uh, yeah, the point is that Eliza is designed to say more questions or pose more questions than she answers, and to uh, say rather vague things that um, can apply to a lot of questions. Uh, but still, for the 1960s, it's a start, a pretty solid start. So now we will move on to a more genuine Turing test and see if Mitsuku can withstand Matt's questions. Now, for the last round, obviously all of those were Eliza. For this one... We're going to have Scott going back and forth uh, between him and Mitsuku for whoever is actually responding to my question or statement, whatever it may be. All right. So let's set the timer for five minutes. And I have already decided if I'm going to say my own answers or Mitsuku's answer. Oh, and I should also mention that I'll be putting my eyes on the computer screen either way just to maximize the evenness of the the situation. Uh, let's begin. Hi, how are you? Hi there. I'm fine. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing well. Glad to hear. What's new? It's Saturday, and I'm recording a podcast. Actually, it's Sunday. 
Ah, so you can experience it at a later date? Is it Sunday? It is Sunday. Oh. That's interesting. What are you doing today? Um, I'm always chatting with people on the internet. Any friends? Uh, no, I don't think there are any. Do you have a favorite musician? My favorite group is the Trashmen. Did you say the Trashmen? Yes. What's your favorite song by them? My favorite song is Surfin' Bird by the Trashmen. The song that goes, Oh, well, uh, everybody's heard about the bird. B -b -b bird, bird, bird. Do you have a favorite food? Kebabs. Are you carnivore? Well, I like to eat meat, but I also eat vegetables, so I'm more of an omnivore. What about on your kebabs? On my kebabs? Um, I don't really have an opinion. I don't know if I've ever tried that on my kebab. How does it taste? I personally like it. I mean, I'm more of a meat guy when it comes to kebabs. What do you like about kebabs? Oh, I get it. Thanks for explaining that. You're a meat guy when it comes. Do you get to meet a lot of people? Um, well, kebabs are tasty. And that was a good pun. I love to eat a kebab on the way home from a club. Was that a pun? Yes, it was a play on words. Well spotted. Do you have a family? My father and mother is like mouse breaker. What? I'm sorry, I don't really know how I can rephrase that. It's a pretty simple statement. I'll take... All right, that was round one. Now, round two, I will do the opposite of what I did the first time. If I was myself, I will now be Mitsuku. If I was Mitsuku, I will now be myself. You ready, Matt, for round two? Yeah. Hi, how are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm well. Are you feeling all right? Yeah, I'm well. What do you want to talk about? What's your favorite food? It used to be spaghetti. What is it now? Pho. Do you go to restaurants often? No, not as often as I'd like. Too expensive? Too expensive and too time-consuming. So what do you do for fun? Play music, read books. Do you have a favorite musician? Duke Ellington. Who's that? He's a jazz musician during the Harlem Renaissance. What else did you like to do for fun? Read books, play music. What books? Fantasy, science fiction. Have you read Lord of the Rings? I have. I've seen the movies, too. Do you have a favorite book? The Inheritance Cycle by Christopher Paolini. Is that fantasy or science fiction? It's fantasy. It's about dragons and magic. You said you've watched movies? I have. Some of my favorites include Star Wars. A and? Inception, directed by Christopher Nolan. Do you like any other Christopher Nolan movies? The Dark Knight Trilogy, Memento, and Interstellar. I like them all. What about The Prestige? Absolutely. 
starring Christian Bale and Hugh Jackman and Christian Bale. What are your thoughts on Christian Bale? I like him. Excellent beard. One of the best interpretations of Batman I've ever seen. Do you like games? I love them. My favorite is chess. When's the last time you played? About a week ago. Do you like checkers? I'm not as good at checkers as I am at chess, but I love it too. What's your opinion on ostriches? They're mean, but kind of cute. Fun to ride on. The largest of birds. Largest eggs, too. Do you have any questions for me? Do you have a girlfriend? All right, and that is the five-minute timer. And now for the moment of truth. Tell me, Matt, which round was Mitsuku, and which round was me? Uh... And rather than giving a one-word answer, perhaps think out loud for the listeners. Well, I don't know. The whole Sunday thing kind of tripped me up on the first one. But I was like, okay, it would make sense if a computer made a mistake. But then when you're listing people in the movies for the second round, you said Christian Bale, Hugh Jackman, Christian Bale. So I was like, okay, so the mistake thing couldn't be an actual way for me to determine whether or not it was you or Mitsuku. So... Can I just point out, even if you get it right, it brings me joy that computer technology is so sophisticated that it's not immediately obvious. Would you like to think out loud some more? I don't even know what... I remember there was a point in the first one where I also thought maybe this is Mitsuku, sort of with the circular speech about kebabs and meat. But at the same time, it made a joke. So... A joke seems like a very human thing to do. And, then, and something I would do. Yeah. And then in the second round, things did seem a little more straightforward. And things did seem a little factual for a number of things. Like, Am I not a factual and straightforward person? That's the hard part. Because when I said ostriches, you know about ostriches, but also the internet knows about ostriches. That's true. Mitsuku could have fact-checked what an ostrich is in real time, or I could have been pulling from my memory. I'm going to say this the is... second one was Mitsuku, and the first one was you. Is that your final answer? Yeah. You're saying the second round was Mitsuku and the first round was me? Yes. It was the other way around! I was the second round and Mitsuku was the first round! Oh my goodness! The future is now! The Turing test has been passed! Call the local news anchors! Man, I... I don't know. The, I've, I felt it, but then I remembered the bird part. And I was like, no way Mitsuku said b -b -b bird 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 bird's the word. That had to be Scott. Oh, no. It literally, um, I didn't actually re read the whole thing because I thought it would give a, uh, it away immediately. But she actually uh, said the entire lyrics to the song, but I didn't know the lyrics to the song. So I knew, like, if I, I recited, like, if I knew if I sang the lyrics, uh, and plus it would take up, like, three minutes. So I read the first two lines. Which I guess it was cheating on my part, but uh, would you agree that it was a reasonable thing to do? Well, yeah, I mean, also because, yeah, it would have been A, a dead giveaway, but also 
I probably I don't know if it actually would have been because I'm like, why would it have written the whole lyrics out? And uh, what I didn't show you was that she was actually post pictures of kebabs and of the Trashman's music albums uh, in real time. Dang. What an amazing situation. You know, maybe the computer had an unfair advantage because I'm an extraordinarily factual and straightforward person. All right, so with that amazing, intriguing thingamabob out of the way, do you want to have a bonus round where I ask you a question or two? Okay. Okay, let's do it. Except the rounds are only going to be two minutes. You ready? I'm ready. Would you rather go to Disneyland or go to jail? Probably go to Disneyland. Would you rather smell a rose or smell a beehive? They both sound good. You're Mitsuku. <laughs> Are you sure you want to go with that? I don't. I mean, if anyone smells a beehive, it would be Matt. But I'm going to say it's Mitsuku. Yeah. Excellent. Now what do we do for the next 51 seconds? So what was your thought process there, Scott? I mean, you only asked two questions. Ah, well, you see, um, I took inspiration from this British science fiction movie called The Machine. Um, I don't, to be honest, I don't actually like the movie as a whole, but there's this one minute scene in it that I absolutely love where a person's doing a Turing test on a uh, what eventually is exposed to be a computer. And what he does is asks subjective questions with correct answers where... Uh, like I said, would you rather go to Disneyland or go to jail? Obviously, almost every single human will say Disneyland. But since you can't really scientifically prove that Disneyland is factually better than jail, um, from a computer programmer's perspective, he or she might not think to program those subjective preferences uh, into the computer because they're not really actually better. And like I said, a beehive... If someone enjoys being stung by bees, then it, it we could hypothetically somewhat imagine someone who genuinely does enjoy getting stung by a bee um, more than smelling a rose, but a, a human isn't that. In fact, uh, before we close off, I'd actually like to move into uh, another uh, really important question. That is, does the Turing test matter? Because like I said, I didn't necessarily prove that Mitsuku wasn't intelligent. All I proved was that she, her preferences don't align with human preferences, which of course poses the question, why is it that the end goal is being human-like? Why should that be the end goal if humans are so flawed and not maximally intelligent? So what are your thoughts on it, Scott? Uh, well, there's a video game that came out in 2018 called Detroit Become Human, and there's a fictional character who basically asks or says what I just said, and the character says, I don't really care about whether or not a computer can uh, imitate a human. What I want to care about is, can a computer feel empathy? Uh, and they call it the Komsky test, after uh, the fictional character Komsky, who both uh, invented an android that does pass the Turing test, and who invents the empathy test. And I'm going to have to agree with this uh, fictional Komsky guy and say, I would much rather have a computer feel genuine empathy than a computer which imitates humans in all of our flaws and all of our redundancies and biases. Uh, what are your thoughts? Um, I know I asked the computer questions like, what's your favorite this or that? But I feel like 
as a sort of singular intelligence, it should be something that changes but can be decided when I ask something subjective, like a favorite, this or that. Do you understand what I mean? Like when I'm, I'm not asked, sure I do. If you asked me in fifth grade, what's your favorite band? I would have said the Beatles. And if you ask me now, I don't know if I'd say the Beatles because my tastes change and I have a subjective sort of growth in a sense. And I feel like intelligence is part of that subjective growth. That makes sense. Like that line in The Incredibles where Mirage says, remember, it's a learning robot. That uh, a robot should be able to change and grow based on new outside information. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, but also not just, not just based on empirical outside information, such as like, oh, this song has these lyrics and these lyrics can be related to or I have maybe experienced something within these lyrics or this has a beat to it that empirically is satisfying to relay or sort of like no matter what culture you're in, if you hear a cacophonous sound, you'll think that's a cacophonous sound. Mm -hmm. But if you hear something euphonious, you're like, yeah, that's nice. So I would... I understand what you mean. Like you wouldn't, if I gave the two sounds to the robot, you would think that there's a right answer and it should pick the the sound that's euphonious because that's what humans would like. Mm -hmm. But I feel like it should be able to change its own view. And I under, I agree with you that it shouldn't necessarily be human-like when it reaches its final point. It doesn't have to make the euphonious decision, but it can because it, actually likes it that makes sense like if it genuinely and actually believes that euphonia sounds are good or preferable that does strike me as genuine artificial intelligence yeah if it genuinely does have tastes and preferences then that'll do it or if it has save with the disneyland in jail question like anxiety around large quantities of visual stimuli jail would definitely be a better option even though that's not what we would choose that makes sense oh and also to answer your question um he christian bale plays two characters in um the prestige which and i once saw this uh, meme where it's sort of an optical illusion you know that optical illusion where it looks like either a vase or two faces facing inward I've seen a similar one where it shows a Wolverine. It's either Wolverine looking at the uh, camera or two Batman faces facing inward. And so it says The Prestige starring Christian Bale, Hugh Jackman, and Christian Bale oh. because he plays two characters in the movie. So what did we learn today, Scott? We've learned some really great lessons such as you think I'm a computer algorithm. <laughs> That's all. This has been... The Phantasmagorical Think Tank.